Welcome to Ghostly. We have a very exciting episode for you all today. Uh, It's all about John Dillinger. There's a lot of lore surrounding Dillinger, and since they are exhuming his body soon, we thought that we'd try to give you as much information as we can, even about the exhuming. There's some stuff we we just found out yesterday, um, but we want to tell you about who he was and the ghost stories associated with him. So, Rebecca, how are you feeling about this? I'm excited. I, this was a much deeper than I thought. There's a lot of information, a lot of ghost stories. It's going to be good. Okay, so before we even start everything, where would you say your belief level is at as far as the Dillinger ghost on a scale from 1 to 10 or 0 to 10? I'm going to say a 9. 9, yep. okay. And uh, today, we have Mondo coming back on the Mondo's show. Mondo's here, yay! So, welcome to the show. How have you been, man? I've been good. Been uh, good. All right, what have you been doing this summer? Uh, Just enjoying it, working... Yeah. Yeah, bike riding. Do you think I heard you got some new music, man? I do. So we're gonna play that towards the end of it. If really? you send me a thirty second clip, we would gladly play it for our listeners. Cool. Yeah. You wanna explain what it is? Um just a little piece that I'm kinda working on right now. It's a little bit more like you know, like electronic uh kind of stuff, right? Sort of. Um well it's guitar and yeah. bass, but with a little piano in the background. A little I, bit more funky yeah. funky ish. I though, like yeah. it. He played it for me. It's cool. really good. Yeah. So So before we get into the John Dillinger story, where is your level at? Um I would probably agree with her and say nine. Nine? Yeah. Oh my God. What am I getting into here? Yep. <laughs> There's just so many different I mean it, people have said that they've seen them by the well, I don't want to give anything away. But right. yeah. There's been a lot of sightings. Yes. Let's just say yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say mine is at a one. No one, we even start no one asked you what your level was. Well, <laughs> I am the one that controls the recording of the podcast, so I get to say what I want to say. So I'm going to say a one right now, but who knows? You might be able to convince me to get up a little bit higher there. Ooh. Uh, so... Before we get into all that, though, um, before we talk about John Dillinger anymore, we need to talk about our last episode, the Forever 27 Club. The longest episode known to men. Of Ghostly. Of Ghostly. <laughs> yeah, like Joe Rogan does that all the time. I know. Plus I don't some. know how he does that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was super fun, but man, that was a lot of Well, I'll be sure to ask him next time I'm on his show. Uh, I mean, if, yeah, it's yeah. great. Or the first time I'm on his show. Yeah. Joe so- Rogan, if you're out there, I'd love to come on your show. And talk to you. And I'm not going to eat sandwiches with you, though, man. Uh, yeah. All right. So can you go over the poll results? Uh, so I was trying to delay the poll results. Why? Um, okay. So we were 50-50 the last time that I checked. Yeah, which was yesterday, right? Yeah, which was yesterday. And somebody just kind of snuck in there and just added one more vote and pushed oh. it to 49 that no, the curse is not real. Wait, so I won? By like one person. Oh, maybe it was Mondo. No. What? <laughs> he looks so angry right there, though. <laughs> he did, yeah. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> well, I mean, definitely it was really close. I was really hoping I that wanted we would have a tie. A tie. Yeah. I thought that'd be fun to have well, a tie. Well, because you just didn't want to lose. That's what it was. So. Well, I was winning by a lot at the beginning, but, but I was... you know who wins no matter what? The listeners. That's true. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that was a really good show. Uh, we have a new segment, though, to introduce to Ghostly. It's called Listener's Mail. 
Yeah, we're really excited to kind of involve listeners a little bit more. Yeah, and we get a lot of feedback on every single episode that we do. People some tell private, us stories. some public on Facebook or Twitter mm-hmm. or email or the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, lots I'd of like to say the before most of these. The so the, the, the social media, yeah, as my Kristen Bell says. But we really thought that we'd start letting you know what people are saying. This week, we have a question from Bob Anderson of Bob After Dark fame. You know, Bob After Dark will be with us at the Elgin Fringe Fest. Mondo, you're going, right? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yay! So Mondo will be there. Uh, this will be on September 14th, the Blue Box Cafe in Elgin, Illinois, not Elgin, you know. Kansas. Yeah. Or Elgin. Uh, Mars. Elgin Mars, yeah. I love Elgin Mars. Yeah. They have really good candy there. <laughs> no, so. At six o'clock. Six o'clock, yes. 14th. So Bob wants to know, what you know about angelic communications? So <laughs> thanks for the question, Bob. I kind of know where that's going. Um, but, you know, I had to do a little research on this one because uh, I am by far no expert when it comes to such a topic. So Bob is asking about communicating with angels. Anybody have anything that they know about this right off the right off the top? I mean, I can talk about my thoughts with it. I would do. I've got nothing. Okay. All right. Well, let me let me do my thing first, okay. and then you I had can a go feeling on. you'd want to. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give so what I you think know. Bob actually would be a much better source for this information, as it touches more upon his show than it does on Ghostly. But I will do my best to talk a little bit about it. Uh, from what I know, it's not that everyone believes they're actually having like a sit-down conversation with an angel. Most would probably be more willing to believe that angels speak to them using intuition, which that gets my skeptic senses tingling. Whenever it's not like, okay, this is right there in front of me, I'm seeing it, we're, we are engaging, that gets my... Yeah, <laughs> I, I start to get a little bit more skeptical about it. So a quick Google search for this topic led me to a site that claims that angels speak to people through social media. Okay. Yeah. Mondo, you ever yeah, that's, been no, confronted that, by an angel on social media? Not at all. Not at all? Okay. Well, I mean, I've talked to you and I'm an angel. <laughs> so, <laughs> Or at, at least that they use social media to get your attention. So it says that if you need... Like corporations? Those are angels, oh. yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to That's how they yeah. know what yeah. I'm thinking. And, yeah. you know, the second I think of a toothbrush, all of a sudden my <laughs> feed is filled with ads for toothbrushes. Or all those weird things that you never knew that you needed but come up on Wish. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So it says that if you need information, that you can ask the angels... And they will send you messages through the news feed and internet searches. So I have a quote from them. Technology is an enormous resource for divine intervention. Interesting. Yeah, right? I didn't even know that. Now, here's the funny thing about that, though, is that when making my part of the script, I mean, we do have to script out some of this stuff because it's just so much information. We... Usually bullet point things and stuff. You mean you don't have it all memorized? I do not. No, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so as I was doing that, I was I, that quote, I was copying and pasting it, right? Um, 
but at, it's from onewiselife.com. I don't know if I really want to promote them so much, but onewiselife.com. And as soon as I hit the paste, it pasted my quote and kept typing in periods after the quote. In fact, it ended up crashing my whole system and I had to redo this part. It knew you were trying to... Angels. ...to doubt the truth of... So I'm thinking we should start a new podcast called Angelie. <laughs> you guys all for that? You keep you keep coming up with these ideas. Yeah. Yes. The other day it was Priestly. Priestly, yeah. Priestly would be great. Yeah. We're talking about doing an episode about the Vatican. So ah. Yeah, yes. Priestly would be great. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, you would come on Priestly. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna do that, man. Priestly is not gonna be Mondo Priestly. Has to be in whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, so can I, let me talk about what I found oh, okay. with this angelic communication. Yes, please. So I think maybe the what I looked up and kind of was thinking about myself is maybe a little bit more traditional, um, but it's the idea of, it's either angels or spirit guides. So people maybe think about them and, you know, you can kind of call them different names, but they link it to meditation. Oh, okay. And that idea of beings of light um, and kind of, it's like, you know, always goes back to the secret, right? But that like putting it out into the universe, asking for help, asking for strength, asking for support. And then when you invite it in, that you get a response. So that could be angels, if that's what you believe in. It could be people from your past, you know, maybe yeah. people that have passed, you know, that you're um, trying to call in and ask for their guidance. Um, and that, that, the meditation piece of it or the just even putting it out into the universe is kind of the best way to have communications gotcha. with angels. Okay. So, and I will say for me, I absolutely, you know, this is where as much as I want to sometimes doubt my belief, I notice that whenever I'm in a situation where I'm stressed or I'm struggling or I'm worried that's exactly what I do is I pray, I call out to the universe, I ask for help, I ask for guidance, I ask for support. You know, not that I think that somebody's going to magically come in and fix everything for me. Like I still have to do it, but I know that that I want that, that support. And oftentimes for me, it is maybe uh, my, my grandma who passed, you know, I know she's always with me and she always is watching me. And I've been told that she is. And I also thought that beforehand anyways. Um, and so, you know, that's somebody that I call on. And maybe, you know, some of it's just my memory of her. But I think also it's that energy and support. So it's like, as much as I, like I say, can question things, in the end, when it comes down to that moment, you know, I have somebody that I call in for that All right. support. All right. So yeah, you're back. Yeah. 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 Your guardian angel. Right? Yeah. So where would you say on the level of zero to 10 is your belief in angelic communication? Mm, again, I'm going to say like a nine. Nine. Yeah. So you strongly believe that people communicate with angels. Yes, absolutely. In their All own right. way. You know, again, there's a little bit of, I don't want to say because, you know, different people believe different things. So they yeah. might call them different things yes. and they may represent you know, beings of light versus someone like actual human that's passed or whatever okay. it is, or maybe it's just meditation, but it's that idea of reaching out to the universe for energy, for support and calling it to you. All right. So Mondo, what are your, what, what is your rating for this? Yeah, I could uh, definitely agree with her. 
and that I'm going to do the same. A nine? I'm going with a nine. So you believe people talk to angels? Yeah. So I believe you- that people, you know, this is that positive thing that kind of helps you. And I mean, if that's what you kind of need is like just something to feel a little positive and a choice that you're making or things that you need to do. I mean, if that helps you, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, that's maybe, great. Maybe we should change this to, do you think angels talk back to you? I see. So what is your level on that? Like, yeah, I believe people do that. I, yeah. I'm a 10 and people do reach out to people that they've lost or to angels or to God. But we're... Okay, so then it's a nine that people firmly believe in that. But as far as somebody speaking back to you, I'd uh, put it pretty low. Pretty now, low? Yeah, unfortunately, I would. Like, I'm not giving you a number. You're not going to give low. me a number? <laughs> <laughs> because All there's right. people that, that are having multiple conversations walking down the street and things like that. And who knows? Maybe that's maybe they're reflected by Are you talking about that. the homeless again? No. No. Okay. I've known people. No, no. I, I work with people. and you yeah. Know, I, yeah. But uh, okay. So we'll put it at a four. A four. I, okay. I I felt the four. I knew that that's where he was going. <laughs> he was going I with the force. What is you know. What is I always with you guys I always today? know who's getting what the number is. You know, Mondo's my friend. Okay, stop trying to steal him from me here. He belongs to all of us. <laughs> so, giving the angels communicating back, Rebecca, does that change the nine? Uh, well, okay, uh, maybe like a seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, I right. take it down a little bit. I bet I do think that. I do think people get responses. It's just whether it's a more direct response that's maybe a little bit more less often. All right. You know, I'm going to go with a one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one that people get communication back from these angels. Yeah, like I'm totally out of ten that people believe that they are talking to angels, but that they're receiving something back, especially through their social media. <laughs> okay, that it? no, that I would <laughs> definitely give a little bit lower of a, a number to. That that was. <laughs> That was reaching a yeah. little bit. Well, hey, that's what the that's what the first thing I found was, <laughs> and it and it destroyed my computer for like a minute. Well, so. well at least at yeah. least you didn't choose zero, so that means no, that there. I hardly is a ever, I hardly ever would choose zero. Okay. Like going to start the Dillinger story, I'm gonna I'm gonna be at a zero because I go into it with the idea that no, this is impossible, but. I want to hear what people say. I want to engage. I want to talk. And I want to see if I can get that number up a little bit. I thought he said he was at a one. No, I think that. I was at a zero for that. Well, now I'm at a zero. You guys push, push <laughs> me to a zero now. I was say, play the tape. <laughs> Make me believe. <laughs> you guys pushed me yep. to a zero now. So thanks a lot. <laughs> I thought I was going to go up in number. I went down. <laughs> All right. Speaking of believing and stuff, uh, let's... Get our ghost story going. Yeah. All right. So, um, okay. So we're gonna do we're gonna do our ghost story as as uh, in case you haven't listened to two episodes ago, we kind of switched up the order of things. Right. We're now starting. Yes. With our our ghost story because we are ghostly. Yes. It's been a long day. It's the hottest day of the summer in Chicago, nineteen thirty four, and the heat is getting to everyone. You and your sisters and mother just can't stop fighting and sniping at each other all day. So you decide you're going to go to the movies. There's a theater close by with refrigeration cooling, and you can get away from everyone. After the movie, you go into the lobby and see a man who looks oddly familiar. You can't place where you've seen his face, but 
like you know you have. You're thinking like he must be famous. He's got to be a movie star. I'm at a movie theater. He looks familiar. It's got to be a movie star. So you go up to him and you ask for his autograph and he gives it to you with a wink and a nod and walks away. And when you look at the signature, you realize that you just got John Dillinger's signature. Public enemy number one. The reason you recognize his face is that it's been on the cover of every newspaper you see for weeks. A shiver runs down your spine when you realize you just talked to the most infamous man in America. All of a sudden, you hear a commotion outside, shouting and then gunshots. Everyone rushes out to see what happened. And you see him, lying in a pool of blood in the alley next to the theater. The shock knocks the wind out of you and you bend over. When you raise your head back up, you see women dipping their handkerchiefs in his blood for souvenir. And then you see something that stays with you for the rest of your life. A blue light rises up from the body and forms the shape of a man running down the alley, trying to escape a fate that cannot be changed. Okay, wow. So how much of this story is real? About uh, 70%. 70%. You want to give us some deets on that? This is the coolest thing I found while I was researching, and so I had to add it in, in some way. Judy Garland. Yes. Judy Garland, the the Judy Garland, Wizard of Oz Judy Garland, when she was younger, traveled the country with her sisters and mother singing. They were in Chicago. They were fighting. All of that is true. She went to the movies, saw the exact same showing of the exact same movie as John Dillinger the day he was shot. She left the theater or went into the lobby, saw saw him, thought he looks familiar, all of that is true. Went, got his signature, got his, uh, his autograph, realized it was John Dillinger. And then she left before any of the shooting and all of that happened. So wow. that I just kind of added in of like, if she had stayed, that might be what have happened. But that is all true. That Judy Garland wow, wow. met John Dillinger the moments, day he died. the day he died, yeah. 20 minutes before he died. Wow. She said like she just she hurried home because she knew her mom. She was she was like 13, 14, something like that. And she knew her mom was going to be upset if she didn't get home. So she kind of booked it out of there. But wow. yeah. I think her mom would understand Dillinger just got shot. And yeah, he was famous. Crazy. So, have you heard the story before? No, I never did. That's that's unreal. Yeah. She that told is, it right? to on a radio show years when she was older. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I think after having that kind of shock, I think we need to take a small break. Sounds good. And when we return, we will talk about the history of Dillinger. See you in a minute. Hey, Rebecca, guess what? What's that? Well, you know how we want Ghostly to not only tell and debate great stories, but also to give back to those in need? We do. Yeah, well, I've discovered this new app called PodCoin that lets you donate to charities with a currency you earn just for listening to our podcast or any podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, on PodCoin, you earn their digital currency, PodCoin, just for listening to podcasts. That sounds easy. It is. You can then donate your PodCoin to charities who will get real money donations. And you can also choose to save your PodCoin over time and exchange it for other rewards like Amazon and Starbucks. That's great. Who doesn't like Starbucks? Um, 
I hope no one. Yeah. Because I love Starbucks. Yeah, they'll give you um, gift cards right cool. there. And you could donate those gift cards too. You could, yeah. So download PodCoin in the App Store or in Google Play and use our special code GHOSTLY to receive 300 PodCoins just for checking it out. Awesome. Okay, I just wanted to say that I have a bit of an obsession when it comes to gangsters of this time and age. Well, since we've already done two episodes, or no, this is our second episode, I guess, I would say, within our first year. Yeah. Makes sense. And I pushed both of those, so, yeah. Mondo, you with me on that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for something, some reason, I, I don't know what it is about about this time period and these gangsters. Maybe it was because of the Depression, the Great Depression, not just the regular Depression, the Great One. Well, and Chicago. I think the Chicago yeah. connection, I think all of us grew up in Chicago, so we hear this, mm-hmm. these stories and they're kind of legends to right. us, you know. Although although Dillinger was more world-renowned or at least nation-renowned. Yeah, or Midwest. Well, so was Capone, I yeah. mean, but, yeah, but we like to claim them. Yeah, it's but he did, he did crimes all over the place, though. True. So, uh, When you think that Dillinger and Capone, though, were actually in the same time period and often in the same basic area, it just blows my mind trying to wrap my head around these things. Yeah. I wonder if they ever had a sit-down meeting. Well, I mean, was Dillinger the mob? No, he was not. So he was just more like a criminal. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you wonder if he ever made the wrong move and crossed into Capone's territory, then oh. he would have definitely met Capone. Yeah, I don't know. But Dillinger had this way of escaping almost everything, or maybe everything. I don't know. We'll talk about right. that. Right. So he might have had help for all you know, all that we know. I mean, he might have had some deals worked out with them. Oh, and yeah. And they offered protection and maybe you know, some cover. So he was able to kind of get away with things. And- or maybe they bought off local law enforcement, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I would almost assume that, I mean, if you were going to go into a certain area and let's say rob a bank, mm-hmm. if it's Capone, some area that was like run by Capone, I would almost suspect you would almost have to ask his permission. Yeah. Or first. give a kickback or whatever. Yeah. Right. Both those right. Things. Yeah. Work out some deal. So they're going to make sure that you get away with it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, um, let's just get into the history then. So just remember when you're hearing the history, that all of the, all of these bank robberies took place in the Great Depression, and it really makes it a much different story than if it happened in today, today's day and age. You know, um, I'm not trying to say that this justifies being a criminal because there was literally no money to be made by virtually anyone in those days, but it makes you realize the reason why this happened and why many people saw Dillinger as a Robin Hoodish kind of character. Yeah, though I do think, I mean, he really was a criminal, though. He like, was a I criminal, Like, I feel like yes. no matter what age he was in, I'm, you know, I understand, like, the depression definitely pushed people to do more than they would have otherwise, but... I'm yeah. just saying it makes it a different story mm. when, you, when you think of it. And when you hear the history, you'll realize he was kind of... I mean, he could have changed things in his early life, but there was something that happened that just perpetuated things down this path that there was no, no escaping at one point. So John Dillinger uh, was born on June 22nd, so he was a cancer, right? Sure. That sounds right. (laughs) 1903 in Indianapolis, Indiana. He was the younger of two children born to John Wilson Dillinger and Mary Ellen 
Lancaster, a.k.a. Molly. Now, in this story, we are going to find out that everybody has a nickname. Kind of like Mondo. Mondo's not his name. It's Armando. But we call him Mondo. So, I mean, all these people have these nicknames, though. Which is very mafia, gangsterish kind of thing. So, too. like the fact that you're Pat, but your name is Patrick. Mm-hmm. What? Well, Molly from Mary Ellen. Yeah, well, that's. Being... I don't get that one. But, but like Armando, Mondo, I mean, it's not. Yeah. yeah. And you would be Beck? Yes, Beck is fine. <laughs> Beck is fine. Yes. How about Becky? No, that's a no. <laughs> no? <laughs> so, if I ever need to make you mad, that's what I call you as Becky then. Pretty much. All right. His sister's name was Audrey, and she was born on March 6th, 1889. Molly, the mother, passed away in 1907. So Dillinger was quite young. Uh, He was four years old when his mom passed away, or actually going on four years old. So Audrey, the sister, actually kind of took him in. And she got married, and she took care of John for several years. His father did remarry, though, in 1912 to Elizabeth Fields, a.k.a. Lizzie. That one makes kind of sense. John Dillinger didn't really like his stepmother, but he eventually grew to love her and to have some kind of relationship with her. As a teenager, John Dillinger was a troublemaker. No. (laughs) Say it ain't so. (laughs) Uh, He was often in trouble for fighting and petty theft. He was also known to be a bully. I don't know if you guys knew that about John Dillinger. He's a bit of a bully. Ah, uh, you can tell that by looking at his picture. Oh yeah. So you always judge people by looking at them. <laughs> uh, he dropped out. Although a lot of people dropped out in those days, right? It was very common. Most oh, people, yeah, especially didn't... during the, the like, right? Well, I guess this is before the depression. It is but, before the yeah, depression. Yeah, but even still, yeah. yeah. He dropped out and got a job in a machine shop. And they commented that he was intelligent and he was a good worker. Well, I, I no, so I just was thinking about this. This was, it was common. That's why I think we still have like graduation ceremonies for eighth grade. Because back then, that was a big deal if you even just made it to eighth grade. That was yeah. like graduating. And if you went to high school, that was bonus. Oh. Like only, you know, that was like college now where it's like yeah. the bonus years. You know? That's what you call it? College, the bonus year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that was Saved by the Bell. I think that was, that <laughs> yeah, was the name so. of their college years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was arrested for auto theft in 1922. Uh, his relationship with his father had deteriorated at that point. Mm. So, well, it sounds like he, had a diff- he didn't live with his father for a big part in the no. middle of his childhood, and yeah, yeah, it'd be difficult. So he enlisted in the Navy. This is something that not a lot of people knew. He was a Navy boy. Uh, he was a petty officer, third class. Uh, he was a machinery repairman assigned aboard the battleship USS Utah. But when the ship went on dock in Boston, he went AWOL. This might be why we don't know him as a Navy man. Yeah, and he got uh, dishonorably discharged. So that right there makes it really difficult to find a job. At least today it does. I don't know how it was then, but today, you know, you get dishonorably discharged, it's going to be really hard for you to get a job. So it's one of the things that pushed him into this line of work, but there is another really big event. Anybody have anything to say about his early life that they know that I didn't mention? There are going to be a lot of things that I don't mention in this because we could be here forever doing this story. I know. I just was looking up that 
USS Utah, because I that you know those are always so interesting. The ships it was built in 1922, so that's kind of he was on it right at the brand new, brand new, um, and it was involved with the attack on Pearl Harbor. Oh, so it looks well, like it was some. Anyways, well, he definitely wasn't on that. Yeah, no, I think he was dead at that point. Yes, so. but anyway, spoiler alert. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dillinger met Beryl. Ethel Hovius, <laughs> that <laughs> yes. is a really hard name. That's right, though. In Morrisville, Indiana, and were married on April 12th, 1929, or 24. I might say Morrisville, but oh, maybe okay. not. Or Mooresville. 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 There it is. Sorry to the people in Mooresville. Yeah. I know, actually, Dillinger's, uh, some of his family still live there in the house that he grew up in. Well, oh. that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he Dillinger really struggled to find a job. And that made it hard for him to settle down with his new wife. Uh, did she have a, a, what was her nickname? She, her nickname was, I have it down further, uh, Billy was her nickname. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, much easier to, easier to, uh, to pronounce. No, you know what? Actually, I don't think it was Billy. I think that was another girl that he was involved with that I'm just saying. She's like, I go by Beryl. That yeah. is my name. And you yeah. will call me Beryl. Yeah. Actually, I knew, I actually worked with someone named Beryl. What? Really? I did. Yeah. Beryl Love. Sorry. I probably mm. shouldn't have given the full name there. But... Shout out to Beryl Love. <laughs> I don't actually, I don't even think I like knew her. Maybe I met her once. She just like was at the company. But anyways, okay. I, it was an unusual name. I, I mean. Well, we miss you, Beryl. <laughs> Get in touch with us. Um, So yeah, he really struggled to settle down. Uh. A major turning point in his life, though, happened at this point. And this is the point where I was talking about, where there was an event that happened that really solidified him being this criminal that he was. Maybe not as good as he was, but this is the major event. Dun, dun, dun. He began planning a robbery with his friend, Ed Singleton. They robbed a grocery store. They stole $50. Dillinger had struck a person on the head with a machine bolt wrapped in a cloth. Mondo, you're a handyman. Do you think that would hurt? It, yeah, depending on the size. I mean, instantly I think it's something that's like probably was a rivet that he took off that brand new ship just oh. as a memento. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, yeah. Some giant <laughs> bolt and he kept with him. And, so it's from the USS Utah, you're yep. saying. Okay. And put it to use. Because right. yeah, when I think of like a bolt, I don't think of something big enough that you could hold and like swing at somebody. But if you think of it in terms of like building a ship or some big machine, yeah. I guess they could get pretty Yeah, and big. He, he was a machinery repairman, so uh, he would have access to this. So maybe Mondo's correct with that. But I like that he wrapped it in cloth so he didn't have to hold the rivet. No, that's part. not what it is. Oh. It doesn't bruise. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Or it... What? It spreads the bruise out. So like in jail, people will take a bunch of um, bars of soap and put them in a sock Mm -hmm. and beat people with that because it doesn't bruise. Well, it also, well, I mean, if you just used like a bar of soap, (laughs) I I didn't think it was about bruising. I thought it was just to make it a better It's about leaving no evidence. Oh, well, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, still bad, bad Dillinger for hitting someone over the head. Not okay. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. It's one thing to take money. It's bad. He's a bad, bad man. But he's a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dillinger was carrying a gun. I don't know where he got the gun, but he had a gun. The gun was discharged, but it didn't hit anyone. Nor is there any proof that it was aimed at anyone. 
So he might have just had it, you know, put in his pants, and he accidentally tripped, and bam, there it goes. It went off. So, But they were spotted by a minister that actually recognized them and reported it to the authorities. Ed Singleton and John Dillinger were arrested the very next day. So this is the major event right here, that Singleton pleaded not guilty to the crime, and it appeared Dillinger was going to do the same thing, but Dillinger happened to speak with his father about it. His father was a deacon in a church and persuaded John to plead guilty of the crime without an attorney. His father talked to the prosecutor. Always talk to the Always have a lawyer. Yeah, right? You should, even if you did it. And obviously he did it. So uh, his father talked to the prosecutor, Omar O'Haro, and uh, probably made a deal with him. But Dillinger was convicted of assault and battery with intent to rob and conspiracy to commit a felony. These are really big charges. When you hear about assault and battery and stuff like that, you should probably go get an attorney. Go get a, go get the best attorney, in fact, because you're, you're going down. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I, I, that's, again, you take that like from you stole a few bucks from a store to you tried to hurt i mean you hurt somebody i didn't try to well you know? i hit someone i mean with I'd, the bolt yeah, i don't they're know probably fine mm-hmm. yeah back then people were built differently they were stronger <laughs> well what happened to uh singleton i'm gonna talk about oh, that okay, actually yeah. so the deal with O'Hara fell through and dillinger was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison his father stated after the fact that he regretted this decision And while on his way to testify against Singleton, Dillinger managed to escape. This is a thing that happens with Dillinger. But he was caught pretty quickly after that. Now, you asked about Singleton. Yes. Singleton was convicted as well, but was only sentenced to 2 to 14 years. Oh. So much less of a sentence because he had an attorney. Things did not end well for Singleton, though. He was killed on August 31st, 1937. He got drunk and passed out on the train tracks, and a train hit him. Oh, well, okay. Hmm. All right, now we're going to move on to some prison time that Dillinger uh, served. So Dillinger spent his jail time in two different prisons, Indiana Reformatory, now known as Pendleton Correctional Facility. Shout out to all the people that listen to us in Pendleton. (laughs) Well, in Indiana. Yeah, (laughs) and Indiana State Prison. When he was admitted to prison in 1924, Dillinger said, I will be the meanest bastard you ever saw when I get out of here. Okay, so he, you know, was, he took it personally. He did, yeah. Yeah, so. Mondo, what do you think? Yeah, I would say so. It was like, I mean, if you're already planning that going in, yeah. You know, each day you're in there, he's just stewing and getting even worse. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, when he had a physical, when he was when he entered into the prison, they do a physical on every person. It showed that he had gonorrhea. Nice, mm. right? Okay. Gonorrhea is treatable, though. Um, but it was uh, really a difficult treatment for him. So he spent his prison time plotting bank robberies after that. I was going to say, because he obviously wasn't very good before this. He got caught the day, like one day later. He After tried stealing to $50. Right. Got, you know, he tried to escape again, got caught. So he used this time effectively. Yes, he did. And he particularly liked Herman Lamb's bank robbing system. Herman Lamb 
was a German bank robber and a Prussian army soldier who treated bank robberies like a military operation. Oh, I want to try to say that like Hermann Hermann Lamm. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not saying it German. Like no, but, you're not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I want to though. <laughs> you have to say Unst in front Unst, of it. Unst Hermann Lamm. <laughs> a little better. So. Herman Land's method involved a lot of prep work, and that included casing a bank and developing an escape route. Who'd have thunk? But you don't realize people didn't do this much. Like Bonnie and Clyde, they didn't really, they just pulled up to a bank and said, we're going to rob this bank, and they just ran in and did it. No, Herman Lamb and then John Dillinger, they actually plotted it all out. Wow. Dillinger's stepmother got sick and passed away right before Dillinger was paroled on May 10th, 1933. So he did spend about 10 years in prison. A lot of time to think it through, man. Definitely. Dillinger was released at the height of the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce and especially hard for someone with a criminal background that was also dishonorably discharged. So basically you're saying he had no choice but to rob people? No, I'm saying that that made his options a lot, a lot less. Yeah. So Not to mention he was already plotting on doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah. But the stars were aligned, and then, you know, once he did, other people would probably, you know, not feel bad for him that he was doing that stuff because they were all in the same boat. Yeah. Everybody, you know, actually, people that weren't law law enforcement or people that had money invested in these banks, they were actually really big fans of John Dillinger. Yeah, they were pretty mad at the banks to begin with. So when he was taking money from the banks, I mean... You know, yes. Yeah. He was the I, good guy. I did read a thing that he always said he made it clear to people, I'm not robbing you, I'm robbing the bank. I'm yes. taking the bank's money. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they had insurance, I guess. So. Yeah. So for any of the other people that were on the fence about it and were like, you know what? I'm kind of for the banks. I don't want nobody touching the banks. Well, then they put it that way. It's like, yeah. I'm not robbing you. I'm robbing the <laughs> bank. There you go. I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> so, Yeah. Come on, you need a place to stay? How about a warm meal? How about a hunk of cheese? <laughs> All right, so Dillinger didn't waste much time and got to work robbing banks upon his release. Um, he robbed Newcastle National Bank on June 21st, 1933, the day before his 30th birthday. So remember, he was just released on May 10th from prison and already on June 21st robbing his first bank. Wow. Yeah. And uh, he also, um, oh, so in Newcastle, Ohio, that was the bank, he got $10,000 from that. Okay, he stepped it up. <laughs> it's like, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I'm going to be the meanest. I told you I was going to be a mean bastard. <laughs> and he was. Not just mean, but the meanest. He was the meanest, yeah. Uh, he robbed the second bank on August 14th in Bluffton, Ohio. The police actually caught him this time. He dun, was, dun, dun. yeah, but there's a twist to this story. He was transferred to the Allen County Jail in Lima while waiting for trial. And when the police searched him, they found a document which appeared to be a prison escape plan. One thing he learned was to plot ahead. Yes, yeah, you know. definitely. He did, but there was a reason that he got caught. The reason why he did what he did. Uh, Dillinger conceived a plan for the escape of six other inmates that he had met during his time in prison. Oh. This is how he formed his gang. He busted him out of prison. He this is like us. So he wanted to get caught. Yes, he did. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Wow. So it was, 
Oh, was Dillinger good. was only in jail for four days after that, after he broke everyone out. So, yeah. Would you Would you do that for Mondo? Oh, I already have. Hmm? Yeah, I busted him out of jail a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to talk about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, and my dishonorable discharge yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah they they escaped four days later and they became Dillinger's gang known as the first Dillinger gang now uh, now okay yeah. were they known by that like at the time like, I was gonna say if I'm getting into Mondo's gang and Mondo's like yeah I'm gonna call this Mondo's first gang <laughs> I'm not going to get into this gang because if there's a first, there's probably going to be a second. Obviously, the plan is I'm not going to be a part of this gang at some point. That's what it was known as. Oh, I'm sorry. But um, you do your best because you want to be part of the second gang too. Yeah, right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe if I'm good enough. the third if you think that far ahead. If I'm good enough, man. I'm going to try. He was trying to motivate people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was a good motivator. Rebecca, right. uh... You know, why don't you tell us who's in the first gang? Because I obviously would struggle with some of these names. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, so the first Dillinger gang consisted of Pete Pierpont. Pierpont. Russell Clark. Ooh, easy. Charles Mackley. Mm. Ed Schaus. Harry Copeland. John Hamilton. AKA Red. I like how the only one that gets a nickname is John Hamilton. Yeah. All of the others, like Pierpont. Well, we might associate him with the other Hamilton then. So. Oh, I suppose yeah. that's true. Though I always think of Red. That's from um, Shawshank Redemption. Morgan, and that's you Morgan too, Freeman. Right? Well, that is also my nickname. That's true. Yeah. Well, when I tutored at the Cook County Jail, I got the nickname Red. Oh, okay. So it is a prison nickname. Well, Red was also a member of the Herman Lamb gang. Oh yes, also that. Yeah. yeah. So they ended up robbing at least 12 banks between, between June 21st, 1933 and June 30th, 1934. So a year. Yes, one year. So now we're going to talk about Crown Point, Indiana. This is where a lot of the stuff happened. This is when things turned around for law, actually. They caught them. The gang was eventually captured in Tucson, Arizona on January 25th, 1934. Dillinger was transported to Crown Point, Indiana because of robbing a bank in East Chicago on January 15, 1934. For those that don't know, this is not Illinois, it's Indiana. Um, but Northwest Indiana often feels like a suburb of Chicago, so calling it East Chicago, it's actually in Indiana. Yeah, but it makes sense. And that's what I mean earlier when I say we, we're all from Chicago and we think of them, these as Chicago people, even yes. though a lot of his stuff happened in Indiana Really, a lot of Indiana, especially the the northern part, just kind of gets roped into the Chicago land area. Yeah. So it's all close. Crown Point was supposed to be escape-proof. Now, we know this from the Titanic that was supposed to be uh, unsinkable, mm. right? These things never really work out so well. So they actually posted extra guards as a precaution. They're like... Uh, we know Dillinger has escaped from prison before. He's done this kind of stuff. So, But you know, if you're calling your prison escape proof, but then you say, yeah, but we're also going to put some extra guards, yeah. you're already doubting your escape proofness. Definitely. Definitely. I've been to Crown Point um, Prison, not inside the prison, but I've been outside. And Uh huh. Well, yeah, there was that one time I robbed the bank with Mondo and <laughs> had to break him out. Had to break him out. Yeah, because yeah. I, I didn't get caught. He did. So, no. Just kidding, people. I'm not a bank robber. Uh, 
It only took Dillinger a month and a half to escape, though, of this unescapable prison. How this was done is not entirely confirmed, although we think we have the answer. We're almost 99% sure we have an answer, but um, some of the police officers say that Dillinger, or some of the correctional facilities officers say that Dillinger used a real pistol in there. Dillinger's attorney claimed to have snuck the gun in himself. But others say that he carved a fake pistol. In fact, I've seen the fake pistol. Um, he carved it using a razor and some shelving from his cell, and it just recently sold for $20,000. Yeah, and he painted it with shoe polish too, right? I No, I think it looked... Like, when I remember... When I think back to it, I remember it just looking like wood. You know, no, but he I, might have. Oh, I saw no. I saw a picture where it looked black. Like, he so might have, but it might have worn off a little bit. Mm. You know, by right. the time I saw it, Dillinger was indicted by a local grand jury, and what is now known as the FBI, then it was the Bureau of Investigation, was on his track. They organized a national manhunt for Dillinger. Well, I think we should also mention. So why why were they so? I mean, a lot. I'm sure a lot of people escaped from prison during this time. It wasn't like that crazy. But what did he do during his escape that was like made them really upset with him? Oh, you mean we we learned this from our uh, listener from um, Todd. Remember, he told us that. Oh, sorry, this might have been an Instagram. So no wonder Pat's like, "Uh, I don't know what you're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. Um, He killed an officer um, as part of his escape. And okay. they actually still do like a a ceremony to commemorate this officer that died. Wow. So anyways, but that's why, like when you kill a police officer or, you know, then all bets are off. Yeah, Everyone's right. coming for you. Yep. Yeah. So um, Dillinger went back to an old girlfriend that he met, Evelyn Billy. This is Billy. Uh, Freshette. We'll go with it. And stayed by her half-sister's house on... Uh, 3512 North Halstead in Chicago. You've been by that area, right? Yes. Yeah. Anything significant about it? Close to Wrigley. Close to Wrigley? Oh, well, that would explain a lot, actually. At the end of the line with Halstead and Broadway. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Dillinger got a new gang going and robbed another bank in South Dakota just three days after Dillinger's escape from Crown Point. Wow, he didn't waste any time. No, no, no. He's the meanest bastard (laughs) ever. Uh, They robbed another bank a week later in Iowa. So Dillinger had many near misses with the law, including one in Chicago on April 9th at a bar located at 416 North State Street. He was supposed to meet with someone, but sent Billy in first. Well, Billy was arrested, but refused to give up Dillinger and his location, which was right outside the bar, actually. (laughs) So Dillinger drove off before being caught, and Dillinger really wanted to break her out of jail. Well, obviously, she proved her loyalty. Oh, he loved Billy. I mean, seriously, he that was like his woman. Now, did he was he still married at this point? I don't know. Okay, yeah, I didn't see that either. I didn't see any divorce things yeah. for him. But it was not uncommon for people not to get divorced, just leave each other. Dillinger wanted to break her out so bad. They used bulletproof vests. They got a bunch of bulletproof vests together. They took a hostage... Uh, and this got them access to more guns and a vest. Actually, the hostage was a police officer, and they brought him to the police station, and they they got a bunch of vests and a bunch of guns because of this. 
and they but they never did break her out of jail. They went up to visit one of the gang member's sisters and stayed in a small vacation lodge named Little Bohemia in Wisconsin. We were just up in Wisconsin. I would love to go stay there. Right? Uh, this led to a shootout after the FBI agents got a tip, and Dillinger and his men escaped barely. Dillinger eventually ended up back in Chicago. So if you're on the lam, Mondo, I'm going to ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you're on the lam and uh, you don't want to get caught and you're hiding out, what do you think you would do when you're in Chicago? Uh, well, you don't get divorced. For you one. don't get I divorced. Mean, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Because you'd have to put an address down, right? Yeah, you have uh, to make this all legal, you know? Yeah. Right. How would you spend your day? Um, probably sleeping and you go out at night. Okay. Well, Dillinger, during his time on the lam in Chicago, he went to a bunch of Cubs games. <laughs> uh, he had plastic surgery done, too, to remove anything that would identify him as Dillinger, including his fingertips. For his fingerprints. Which you can't, I don't know that, I mean, that that's pretty hard to do. They kind of come back, I think. Well, not only that, but having no fingerprints is the ultimate fingerprint. I guess that's true, right? Completely unique. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. So, and it would go by the shape of your finger too. Yeah. So they would be able to tell a lot about somebody. I, I used to be a criminal justice major and I did some fingerprinting back Ooh. in my day. Yeah. So that would have been very unique. And I actually studied on John Dillinger during that time about the fingerprints. Oh, super interesting. Yeah, so that came up during our class about not having fingerprints. So we're getting towards the end of our Okay, almost there. This is good. No, we're getting to the exciting part, though. It just keeps going. What did Dillinger in is what does a lot of men in women, right? Or his own actions? Women. (laughs) Right, Mondo? You with me on this? Women. Women, yeah. <laughs> or or his own actions. <laughs> yeah. Or women and their actions, about his actions. Uh, so he started dating a prostitute or former prostitute turned waitress, Rita Polly Hamilton. Now that's a nickname. Polly, yeah. Yeah, for Rita. I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But she looked a lot like Billy. Ah. Yeah, because he was so... He had a type. Yeah, and since he couldn't break her out of jail, he had to find another Billy. Oh. <laughs> they met at a nightclub named Barrel of Fun. Polly had connections with a madam from a brothel in Gary, Indiana, named Anna Kupanas. Uh, cu- yeah, Kupana? Kupanas? I, I, I don't know. It's almost... You want to take a stab at it? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so that's what we're going to go with. Kumpanas? Romanian. So, yeah, I don't know the Romanian. Yeah. She was a Romanian immigrant that was threatened with deportation. She made a deal with the FBI to have her deportation stopped for Dillinger if she caught Dillinger, if she led to the arrest of Dillinger. Once the FBI agents agreed, she told them that Dillinger was going to see a movie on the very next day. She agreed to wear an orange dress. So they could spot them. The orange was reddish. Orange. I was going to say, I always hear red dress. So that's it was, interesting. It was very much right on the edge there. Okay. Between red and orange. Um, she wasn't sure if it was going to be at the Biograph or the Marlboro Theater. So 
the federal agents split up, one team going to the Biograph and the other team to the Marlboro Theater. They received a call from Anna, notice how I don't say her last name again, (laughs) that it would be the Biograph. But on July 22nd, 1934 at 8.30 p.m., the one team spotted Dillinger going into the Biograph Theater at 2433 North Lincoln Avenue on Chicago's north side. When the film ended, a federal agent was waiting at the door. His signal to the other agents that Dillinger had exited was to light a cigar. Because I guess that wasn't common in those days, to waste cigars. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Dillinger spotted the agents and either tried to pull out his gun or was unable to pull out his gun. Both were reported by witnesses and agents. Dillinger headed into the alley, which is kind of... Not like what we would typically think of an alley. It probably would barely fit a car into it. Agents already had the other end of the alley closed off. He was trapped. The agents fired. Dillinger was struck four times. The one that did him in was a shot to his neck that severed the spinal cord and passed into his brain and then exited just under his right eye. Ew. Sorry. (laughs) Dillinger was dead on the spot, but... Still, they took him to Alexian Brothers Hospital to be pronounced dead. Dillinger was 31 when he died. There are reports of people dipping their handkerchiefs into his blood uh, or mopping up his blood after the body was removed. Dillinger's body was viewed by an estimated 15,000 people at the Cook County Morgue. Four death masks were made. Dillinger is buried at Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis. His gravestone has been replaced several times due to vandalism by people chipping off pieces for it as a souvenir. I would like to say one more thing. A listener, Todd Davis of Laughing Ghost, bringing him up again. Yeah. He actually posted on Facebook, so I got to see this oh, one. Oh, okay. Um, he said... The Dillinger's gang's last bank robbery was in his hometown of South Bend, Indiana. He said that he's been all through that location on purpose because of this, which has been everything from a Thai restaurant to a gaming store. The area itself has has an eerie feel because the manhole in the intersection is where the very first South Bend Police Department officer was killed on duty. Howard Wagner was shot dead by dead that day by the Dillinger gang and they still hold a ceremony to remember Oh, him. okay. I thought it was outside of the prison, but no. it was outside of the robbery. It was outside the robbery. Okay, okay. last location. Gotcha. Uh, so, we mentioned it a little bit. Other notable deaths at this time, Dillinger was killed only two months after Bonnie and Clyde. Wow. Yeah. So, I just wanted to just take a step out here too a little bit with this 15,000 people saw the body. They like let people in to see that. Into the morgue. Into the morgue. Mm. Could you imagine them doing that now? <laughs> no, that that's unreal. That's really crazy. But that's something too that comes up a lot with um you know, we do ghost stuff, but we kind of cross over into true crime every so often. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that will be like, why is so much true crime? Why is true crime so popular right now? Yeah, no. True crime has always been popular yeah you know what i mean this is 1934 people are wanting souvenirs dipping their their skirt or handkerchiefs into the blood so they could have a souvenir for it they want to see his body like you know our morbid curiosity with true crime has always been there absolutely there's nothing new about it and it's always different 
even if they did the exact same crimes, there's always something different. It's surprising yeah. that they would even let all those people in. You would right? think like, you know, we're going to allow his close family to come in or couple friends but that's it yeah his but, couple of friends were the fifteen thousand people oh right. maybe well, I, they were the people that were at the cubs games he was at right that makes sense i wonder if part of it because like as you mentioned it wasn't the fbi yet it was the bureau of investigation and i think they were actually trying to kind of make a name for themselves like for criminals even to be like we exist like because yeah. before that it was always local it would just be the state or the local police, and if someone crossed state lines, whatever, now they were the other state's problem. Yeah. This was the first time they actually realized, no, 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 like we have to set up something to catch these people across state lines. And so maybe part of letting people see the body was like, this could be you, other criminal, or like, hey, people give up, you know, support us because this is the kind of thing we can do. Yeah. Well, right. here's an interesting fact too. They wanted Dillinger really bad. Mm. In fact, Dillinger and his gang. Rob Bankson came up with half a million dollars, but they spent over $2 million pursuing him and, wow. and ultimately mm. putting an end to his case, maybe. Yeah, so that was, that was definitely a desire to catch this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about some recent stuff here. So this isn't really history yet. In recent news, they plan to exhume Dillinger's body to make a positive identification and confirm that the person buried is in fact Dillinger. His nephew, Mike Thompson, requested the body to be exhumed on June 24th, and a judge signed off on this on July 3rd. Wow, so just a few weeks ago. A couple yeah. months, I guess. Yeah. His nephew said that he received new evidence that it might not be Dillinger. He stated, it's my belief and opinion that it is critical to learn whether he lived beyond this, his reported date of death of July 22nd, 1934. But other family members disagree. Wow. So that's right. So are there, there are theories that it wasn't him that got shot? Yes. Okay. Because of the plastic surgery and stuff oh. like that, there's a lot of theories. Okay. Um, although in just recently... The cemetery that houses Dillinger has spoke out, and here is their statement. Crown Hill objects to the exhumation of John Dillinger. We have a duty to the families we serve to ensure the safety and integrity of the cemetery, which is threatened by the proposed exhumation. We also have concerns that the complex and commercial nature of this exhumation could cause disruption to the peaceful tranquility of the cemetery and those who are visiting to remember their loved ones. Additionally, we received notice that not all of Mr. Dillinger's next of kin agree with the exhumation. We honor the trust placed in us to protect all individuals in our care and to protect the interest of those who cannot speak for themselves. So it sounds like Dillinger's family may not exchange Christmas gifts this year. <laughs> it sounds like it. We'll find out what happens, right? I guess yeah. in a couple of weeks or... It's going to be soon, yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have anything to add about the history before we take another break? Um, as far as uh, when we were talking, we couldn't pronounce Anna's name. Yeah. Is that why they ended up calling her by something else? Was uh, Anna Sage? I oh, believe. yes, yes. I believe that's the reason why. Nobody could pronounce it. So it's much easier to just say Anna Sage. Well, there was a dot underneath the S and right. the last thing. So how do you even say that? 
Well, again, we're American, so we yeah. don't like we don't like it when we can't say a name. So we're just like names we're just, look funny to me. Funny. <laughs> so we're just gonna. So people like to change their names and just to make it easier on us because we're yeah. too annoying otherwise. But that was the same Anna though. Gotcha. Anna Sage. Uh, also, that might have been her madam name. Oh. She would not go by the same name as a right. madam. Yeah. So I think we need another break. And after yes. the break, Rebecca will start the debate. So we will be right back. Nerd Therapy, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Hey, we're in a field. It's the most boring corn circle I've ever seen. Well, considering it's all straight lines, it's the worst corn circle. <laughs> all right, as you guys round the corner, you can hear a ruckus coming from the back of the farmhouse. Is this like a domestic situation? Hey, there's a guy in front of him. Hey, there's a couple guys. Are they dead? Are those bodies? They're not dead. They're trying to fight off whatever these creatures are. What the heck are these? It's like it's the Green Goblin. 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 Like what you hear? Hit the subscribe button. All right. Rebecca, you ready to start this debate? I'm ready to start the ghost stories, like the real stories. Let's continue this history what? with the real ghost stories. With with the non-history? <laughs> Mondo, you ready? I'm ready. All right. All right. So we've got three different locations that we're going to focus on on this episode. Right. There are many. There, You know, you mentioned Tucson... Arizona, Arizona earlier, they have some stuff, you know. South Bend, uh, Todd yeah. Davis, and Laughing Ghost. Well, we're going to get there, I yeah. think. So, or, well, maybe, yeah. No, I guess not South Bend. But yeah, so there's always, there's lots of places, but we're going to focus right. on the big three. The big three. Okay. So the most famous place in Chicago that people claim to see Dillinger's ghost is the Biograph Theater, where he was captured and killed. That would make sense, I guess, you know. Absolutely. It was a, I mean, can you imagine how big 15,000 people went to see the body? Obviously, this is a story that has lived on yeah. through many years. Um, so I, I thought before we dive into the, the what people see is um, I just wanted to talk about um, my, our own personal history that we might have with the biograph. So I went to school um, right by there for college and I was over in that area all the time, at least several times a week. But it's funny, until I did this research, I didn't realize where the alley was. So the alley is on the same side of the street as the theater down like over one building. It's right by what used to be called Fiesta Mexicana, which was, now that they're closed, I feel comfortable saying this, a place that would serve you even if you didn't have an ID. So what? it was a very popular place for people in college to go. Wait, did you drink there before you were 21? No. No? Of course not. Just the... Just so I knew some people that did that. Oh, you there was you a heard. rumor. There was yeah. a rumor. That's what I. That's I what heard I, a rumor. What I heard. Um. Anyways, but there was also an alley across the street, but it was huge. That was more like a regular alley, like the people you could drive a car down. Yeah, it was like a normal alley, and you would use that as a shortcut all the time. And we would joke. We would call it the dark and scary alley because it wasn't dark and scary at all. Um. And but I used to always think that's where. Dillinger was shot. And, and in fact, I wasn't the only one. That was the rumor that we told ourselves, you know, told each other, like, oh, yeah, we walked down the same alley where Dillinger was shot. I never saw anything, though, or felt anything or anything like that. So I always thought that was kind of weird. Now I find out, no, I know, I know why, because that wasn't the alley. 
Okay. It was the alley across the street. But anyways, I've been in the theater itself for movies. I, um, I saw something scary there. And now, of course, I'm blanking on what it was. But I, uh, we also uh, saw a play there uh, at, well, now that it's the Victory Gardens Theater. Yes. So. I was there. I saw this play. It was a really um, odd play. It was it all was. about murder and like at a school. Yeah, or it was like a like school, a, or like or a church school or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like with the teachers or something. Yeah, and there was blood and there was. Yeah, it was, it was weird. But it was yeah. a bunch of yeah, a lot of people. It was a, a big group. We went to see it. We all thought it was weird. Yes. Yeah. But I might have sat in the same seat. That you might Dillinger have. Did. You might have. It's the, they just repurposed it for a live theater instead yeah. of movies. So wow, Mondo, what's your experience? Uh, not too much, actually. Really? Yeah, I've been past her a few times, but I can't say I ever parked and walked over to her. Uh, I probably will. What's, <laughs> a, soon, but... what's a good restaurant to eat over there? Because uh, I know that's how there's... you judge you judge areas there. Yes, Rinaldi's Pizza Pub. And... Rinaldi's, <laughs> Rinaldi's yes. yeah, It's not too far away. Yeah. Is it good? Very good. Yeah. yeah, it's New York style pizza. Oh, no. Excellent. No, I can't do that. Yeah, I normally wouldn't. Want to either? Actually, I mean, it was better than any pizza I had in New York. Well, that's good because it was in Chicago. So, yeah. but it was, yeah, Chicago done New York style. Yeah. Well, and then uh, actually, the, probably the most famous restaurant over there is one that we'll probably do an episode on at some point, which is the Red Lion. Oh yes, Pup. absolutely. Mm, Lots right. of ghosts there. I'm excited it's about right that. It's pretty close, right across the street, just down a little. All right, so now we've talked about everyone's okay. experience. I've only been by there a few dozen times. You know, I never really did anything there, but I guess we went to see that play there. I didn't even realize that was the biograph. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. It does that. That famous marquee is is not there anymore. Yeah. So and I did not feel anything haunting there. Did you? Well, again, I did when I saw the movie, but I also remember, and I'm my brain is very upset right now because it's failing to remember what I saw, but it was a scary movie, and I remember uh, screaming and all of that, so I think we were distracted, oh, yeah. so I didn't feel any oh. of the, the ghosty things. Oh, that's the reason why. Yes. Okay. All right. So according to Ghost Rankateur, I, I just saw that phrase, and I thought that was really good um tom ogden uh he says within months of dillinger's death people began reporting seeing a misty male form floating down the alley where he died sometimes it would pull out a gun before it fell to the ground and faded away this is the most common sighting oftentimes people will describe the mist as blue a blue figure runs down the mm. alleyway so this has been the most common image over the years ever since he was shot again like i said within within the first few months people will notice his clothing um, they they say that he's dressed like early 1900s, um, and again that bluish gray haze. That it, basically it's the idea that he's reenacting this whole scene. That's why I put that in the ghost story because that's kind of the most common thing is that it's whatever the energy is. It just kind of keeps reliving, but it's almost like he's escaping. He's actually trying to make it away, but his spirit keeps getting pulled back because obviously he didn't make it away. So kind of reenacting that. Wow. Okay, that's kind of interesting because over the weekend I talked with somebody that was like, you know, maybe maybe ghost it's more like quantum leap. You know, you ever watch that show Quantum Leap? Yeah. That they have to do something in order to be released. And maybe his he needs to escape, but he can't because he was shot. Mm, what do you think, Bondo? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I was surprised that's a um so 
I guess I have a question about now people when they first witnessed him get shot, they saw the blue mist come up. No, that was just something I added to the story. Okay. But it was pretty soon after that that people started to see it. It was within months people started claiming that they saw mm. this mist down the alley, and it's kept mm. going since then. Yeah, I think I am going to take a trip over there. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, yeah you want right. to see it? Take a few trips. Yeah, <laughs> stake right. it out from across the street. So I'm going to say that uh, given the nature of him being public enemy number one, I think probably one of the first public enemy number ones, um, and you know all the all the commotion about his death and all the, I mean his name is still mentioned all the time. I I just think that it's something that people expect to see when they go there. And anything that remotely seems slightly paranormal, they're going to relate to this. That's my belief. All right. So, Rebecca, what would you rate this story from zero to 10? I'm going to give this one a seven. A seven. Yeah. So less than the nine that you gave the overall Dillinger. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, eh, seven or eight is hard. Yeah. So 7.5. Okay. Well, all right. There we go. Mondo, where are you at? I'll go with like a 7.5 or 8. I'll, right. I'll just say 8. You know? Yeah. I know that area, there's a lot of people known to frequent the bars and things like that, so that might maybe oh, so change might be drunk. things. Yeah. That, exactly. So you can't believe everybody. But, right. Yeah. But, but still. Too you know, many people see it. Yeah. And I mean, it's almost, it's like 80 years, you yeah. know, of sightings. Yeah. You know, so that's. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 2. Okay. That's where I'm at. So th- my original thing was zero. Okay. But this story I'm giving a two. two. So, I mean, I I just believe that there could be a lot more that accounts for this. I have never seen a picture of this blue mist, so I can't really mm. speak for what it is. But what if it's like a lighting thing? What if it's what if it's um, fog? You know, you really can't. I really can't say in particular what it is. So. I'm just going to overall say that I'm going to give it a two, but I'm still skeptic about it. Okay. Um, I just want to mention just real quick, the other paranormal thing that happens at the biograph is people do mention having cold spots when they're in the theater itself. Um, and, and workers there do claim to see things, but they don't necessarily say that it's Dillinger. Yeah. I, you know, I probably experienced a little bit of cold there, but also you're seeing a, a play now and you're sitting still the whole time, and it's a very old building. It's a very cool-looking building in the inside. I remember, like, the lobby and stuff. Mm-hmm. Very, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was probably cold, but I don't relate that to a paranormal experience. Mm. Mondo, what do you think? I always, you know, wonder about the cold spots because you could be in a place where a vent is directed in a yeah. certain area mm-hmm. and the air conditioning turns on at different points. But um, I will say this, there is a place not far from my house that um, it's about a block away from my house. And I, when I walk past this spot, it gets cold. I mean, it's just like a different feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I actually have a temperature gun. I should go over there one day and just kind of oh, measure yeah. it. And um, so, I mean, I, I get the cold spots and things like that because I felt it and mm-hmm. it, it could be, 90 degrees out and humid and you will go past the spot and suddenly it's cool and clammy yeah. for about 
eight feet. That's wow. what they say about me too. <laughs> cool and clammy. I'm cool and clammy. Yeah. <laughs> clammy pet. Yeah. Well, I would say like for me even, you know, I am not a disbeliever of cold spots because I do, I have absolutely heard stories that are very believable for cold spots and I, I do think that is a thing. Uh, I am less sure about this particular oh, story. So what would you spot. give it on this This scale? I'm going to give it like a four. A four. Yeah. Okay. Mondo, where are you at? Mm, yeah, it would be pretty low also. So I'll go with four, too. So. I'm going to go with a zero. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a lot of other things that could explain a cold spot. It's true. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, let's move on to our next sighting, which is in Crown Point, Indiana, the jail, right? So we heard the story of his escape from jail yes. with the wooden gun, mm-hmm. supposedly, right? I think it is you know, kind of funny that the... Not funny. Interesting that the cops were like, no, he had a real gun. And everyone else was like, no, it was Well, his attorney said that he snuck it in. Uh, Well, again, anyways. Okay. So um, he was was only there a short time. Um, The jail was closed in the 1970s. um, But since then, uh, it's still there, like as a jail. You can go, um, ghost hunters will go there and- Mm -hmm do investigations and all of that. So um, they do claim that there are a couple of entities that are still in the jail, one of which is Dillinger or could be Dillinger. So um, they could be former guards too, but you know, most people think that they're probably people that were in the jail. Um, a caretaker said Dillinger's former cell doors open and slam shut. Um, there are people that claim to have heard running as though he's reenacting his escape. Um, there is an unseen entity that seems to be trying the bars of the cells to loosen one um, because they've heard like bars rattling, even though there's no one there. Um, lights turn on and off all the time. Um, and there is a picture um, that you can find online. I didn't actually, I heard about this picture. I haven't been able to find it yet. So I'm going to keep looking. If I, if I find it, I'll, sh- I'll put it up uh, on the show notes um, on our website, ghostlypodcast.com. Um, but there is supposedly an apparition in standing by one of the, the windows. Um, but I also watched a video. It was kind of long, um, but it had uh, uh, ghost hunters going through and they got some really good EVPs. So um, kind of, just what you imagined for EVPs, right? Where they're talking, they hear a voice when they play it back, you know, you can hear people talking. Um, and it's, you know, uh, they were talking about like, it was like, I'm going to get her or they're kind of talking about women, kind of uh, derogatory towards women, the particular voices that they, they heard, but uh, it was pretty freaky. Um, so there mm. you go. Okay. Lots of lots of creepy paranormally stuff happening at the jail, um, and a lot of people say that one of the at least one of the spirits there is Dillinger. All right, what are your thoughts? Well, you have um, that prison. I mean, it's not like you've really heard too many things uh, or too many famous people, or really heard about it being a really bad prison. You know, so it seems that they have it narrowed down to Dillinger because he is the most infamous criminal that was in that prison. And we knew that he was going to be the meanest criminal, you know. The meanest bastard. Yeah, meanest bastard during his time there. It was just going to get worse. You're a family-friendly podcast. Bastard's acceptable. So he is, you know, I could could see it. You know, and I mean, I'm not sure if a woman set him up, you know. Yeah. For that particular Uh, crime, he whacked a guy with a bolt. 
And I don't... No, this re- was... When he was there, that was different, right? It was that after was bank robbery. After bank robberies, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay, but the, I'm still sure that he blamed some woman for what happened to him. <laughs> I'm 100% positive on that one. And I'm sure mm-hmm. he Even was going to get even I meaner, know. too, while yeah. he was yeah. there. So his well, ang- he had an anger problem that was just increasing. Yeah, yeah. maybe he should have went to anger management. This yeah. probably could have been all solved with that, right? <laughs> well, and if you think about it, though, too, like that was the inescapable prison and he escaped. Right. So obviously he caused the most disruption there and disrupted mm. the guards and the other prisoners. Yeah. Right. All right. So uh, you mentioned EVPs, right? Yes. So not everyone, but this is from um, science.howstuffworks.com about how EVPs work. So it's a very interesting read. And it comes from a source that is not necessarily skeptic in nature. They, How Stuff Works, actually, they do uh, Stuff You Should Know, the podcast Stuff You Should Know. They're really just searching for answers, whether they be you know, on the hashtag team believer or the hashtag team skeptic side. But they're really just searching for answers. So they say, not everyone believes that the voices EVP researchers hear are otherworldly spirits, some skeptics say that EVP is nothing more than radio interface. Others say that people who claim to have heard these voices are either imagining them or else their minds are creating meaning out of insignificant sound, projecting what the person wants or expects to hear on the recording. You know, I'm going to actually say a quote, and then that'll be it for me for this. Humans are exceptionally wonderful at finding patterns in noise, says Edwin C. May, Ph.D., president of the Laboratories for Fundamental Research. The hardware in our sensory system is designed to see changes in things. So when we hear repeated sounds, our brain picks out and pieces together these sounds to us, like spoken words. If you listen to thousands of pieces of audio, Dr. May contends you'll eventually find one that sounds like a voice. It's the monkey on the typewriter issue. So that's what I have to say about EVPs. Uh, as far as there being something in Crown Point, my thing about that is why would, how would his ghost be forced to live on forever in this jail? Why Crown Point? Because he escaped it? He was in two jails. You'd think the one he spent more time in would be more haunted. Yeah, well, so a couple things. Can I go back? To EVPs, yes, for a second. So, part of EVPs for me is so I want everyone to think about this. How many times have you been living life, and all of a sudden you're like, "Okay, wait, did you just say something?" Right? Like you, th- you're like, "No, I just heard somebody talking or say something." It happened just the other night. We were, you, you know, I was picking you up, and I was like, "Did you just? Are you okay? Like, did you just like?" say, ah, and you were like, no, I didn't say anything. I was like, I swear I just heard somebody say that. If you could have recorded that and gone back and listened, like, it's exciting. Yeah, so, but you were listening to the Luminaires. <laughs> it was not that song, trust me. It was, it was that song. No, I, it was that song, but it, that was not what I heard. So, <laughs> it, no, seriously, but this, but this has happened before with the hello, right? Like when we heard the hello. No, we both heard that. We both that heard was different. that. But what if we had been able to record it? So I'm just saying EVPs, you can say whatever, but like 
that it's just basically that when people are investigating, they're actually recording things. And so it happens. We hear things. There, There are voices talking to us. And it's just when you're investigating, what's what's good, a good investigator um, keeps everything quiet so that when a voice comes out, it's like, no, you didn't say it, you didn't say it, you didn't say it, you didn't, yeah, I didn't say it. It was something else. And then you can listen to the recording. I'm just saying that our recording techniques like this, like you could turn up the volume on your radio and you probably should. Turn up the volume, crank it up, listen to us really, really loud so everyone around you hears it, but you could turn it up really loud and it would pick up every single little bit of staticky noise that's in the background. That staticky noise can make patterns that make you think that these are words coming out of it, like when you listen to the Luminaires <laughs> and no, the this song. This is when it is completely quiet and all of a sudden you hear something. Well, but it wasn't completely quiet, though, well, in the car, uh, so. Maybe that, but I'm saying in these investigations, so. But I'm talking about the technology is able to enhance it so well that you hear the static. That's what EVPs do. It's a white noise kind of staticky thing. No, well, sort of, but it's not a spirit box. It's different. I'm not saying it's a spirit box. It doesn't go through the radio stations, but it could have radio interference, though, too, in this. But also, it is picking up white noise around the area. And what that can do is the static can mimic sounds if you listen to it enough. I'm just glad you're here, Mondo, because I'm <laughs> what not sure thoughts? what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would probably kill me. What are you? What? <laughs> wow, ghostly just got really dark. <laughs> what are your thoughts well, about you, my death coming up? You didn't say the, the name that would have sealed the deal, so you're okay. What name would have sealed the deal? I'm not going to say it. Wow. I don't know what's happening. Oh. (laughs) I don't know either, man. No. We'll keep it at that. Okay. Okay. Mondo's mysterious. Um, (laughs) Is it Voldemort? No. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Beetlejuice? Nope. It was revealed earlier in the episode. Billy. No. I'm lost. (laughs) It was her nickname. Red. Oh, Oh, Becky. Hey. (laughs) There you go. Thanks, Becky. Okay, now it's on, <laughs> Patty. <laughs> All right. So I think we should... What do you think about EVPs? And then I do want to mention, uh, like, with Dylan, this being Dillinger at the... Um, yeah, I can I can see what you mean about, like, the there being static and things like that. But I completely agree with Rebecca that, I mean, if you're just recording something and then some, you go back and listen to it, and you begin to hear, you know, some particular words or, that especially if you can almost make out a sentence. And I mean, if they're the things that they said, uh, it's not just one word. They didn't say hello, but he's mad at this girl. Yeah. For instance, right, you like, know, so exactly, you know, it's, he's, he's plotting things out. And we did learn that about Dillinger. He liked to plan ahead, but it could and, be radio interference though as well. I don't oh, sure. think so. I mean, as somebody that's done a lot of work with audio mm-hmm. that, you know, that you have, have you ever had any weird experiences with audio? You know what? Good question. I have, but nothing like that. Yeah, but I mean, you don't it's not... say like I just heard a random sentence while you're listening back. Well, do maybe you? though. I mean, it's possible for these things to pick up radio interference. As I said, it could just be right off of radio station. All right. Well, we're going to agree to disagree. <laughs> what what level would you be at, Rebecca? Well, so okay. Here's the thing. Do I agree that there are paranormal? I'm going to give it a nine for there are paranormal things happening at this jail. I'm going to give it a. F- 
five that it's Dillinger. Maybe okay. even a six. But I like I'm not convinced that it's Dillinger at the jail, but I do think there's definitely stuff happening. All right. Mondo, where are you at? Um, I would say I would be at an eight. And that's for both Dillinger and wow. the officer okay. because it you know, um prisons seem to be I mean, when you read about that, the the places that you hear the most haunted stuff mm-hmm. coming from, you know, it's usually something like that. And there's a lot of bad things that happen and there's a lot of bad people that are in there. Wait, bad things happen in prison? Yeah, a lot. Wow. Like daily. <laughs> daily bad yeah. things. Wow. Things that shouldn't happen. I, I've i watched Oz, so yeah, yeah I have a feeling mm, for that. Me too. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. It was a good show though. It was a good but show. But really bad. I can't see the guy from the commercials and not feel nervous. Yeah, right. Either one of the guys that are in <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would what say- What are you going to give it? I'm going to say overall, would um, would Crown Point have some kind of paranormal thing? I don't know, maybe a one or two in that, but a zero for it being Dillinger. Okay. There's no reason to believe that Dillinger would be tied to this place. Wow. He only wow. spent a couple months there. All right. Why would that be the place that would hold him there? He didn't die there. He didn't. He only lived there a couple months. Yeah, but he proved them wrong. He proved him wrong in other things too. He escaped from other prisons. Yeah, but this was the honest. This is like. So this is his proudest moment. You're saying. I'm, I'm thinking it's up there. Okay. All right, you guys. Wanna, let's talk about the last place. Yes. Okay. So the last major place where Dillinger's ghost is sensed and seen is the museum, the Dillinger Museum in Hammond, Indiana. Um, so he obviously was never there. He didn't have his own museum in his lifetime. Wait, um, he didn't? I know. It's crazy. Um, but several of the articles that he had on him when he died are in the museum. They purchased them over the years. You know, people, again... Uh, people were taking a lot of souvenirs at that time, and I'm sure that included people in the morgue and wherever. So his pants, um, the uh, uh, the box that was used to carry his body at one point, obviously not what he was buried in, um, and then also his death mask. You mentioned there were four? Four death masks. Yeah, death so I think at least one of them um, well, is there. They've been duplicated a lot, too. Mm, that could be. But I, I'm pretty sure his museum, probably, if there's going to be a place that has... A legit one. I don't know. I guess I didn't realize there were fake ones out there. So this isn't like a museum like you think. Like this is like off of like a, I don't want to say it's like off of like a truck stop, but it's not like this huge building. It's no, very it's, small. I'm sure it's like a room. I mean, I've been to- It's a couple rooms. A couple rooms. Yeah. yeah, of stuff. Collection. It's a collection. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, museum maybe is a strong word, but they have it's a, a collection. They have a Tommy gun in there, which mm-hmm. is really cool. So items like this often have residual energy of the people that carried them, especially if they died, violent deaths, things like that. So, um, again, uh, you know, people claim to sense things and and hear and see things there. Uh, but this one has a, uh, I'm, I'm going to call it a famous video, but a video um, that shows a full specter walking in front of um, a desk at the museum. It was caught on security tape. No one else was there. Um, They caught it kind of after the fact. They were watching over security footage and saw it. Um, The guy who ran the museum at the time that they found all this, I I don't know if he's still there, but um, I saw a video of him talking and he says that he's never seen this any other time, but he was going to go back and try to look at other old footage and see if he found anything. So I sent it to both of you guys. 
Um, I think it looks pretty real. Um, it, I, it's actually hard to see. Um, but it, but once you see it, you can, it, you know, it, it is, it is there, um, uh, this entity and it looks pretty legitimate to me. So I would, I would give this one a, an eight or nine. All right. Mundo, where are you at? Uh, I would also give it about an eight or nine. Yeah. Let's just say a nine because, and I'm going to say this because of a couple of things. One is if, uh, and I suggest to anybody listening, you, you need to see this video. Yeah, I'm going to definitely post it and out there. It's, the it's Scooby-Doo video? Not the Scooby-Doo. I, I was telling them, I, I looked up another video one time and uh, they said, watch at one minute and 31 seconds. And you're expecting to see a figure and instead it's all of a sudden a picture of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> and, uh, that one I'm, yeah. an, I'm an eight at, the but Scooby-Doo one. In this one, you know, if you look at the background, you see it's not like there are windows. And the lights are actually off in other areas. So, you know, it, it's not something that's a shadow. So what you see is basically a desk and you begin to see a black form walk past the desk uh, for about three seconds and it, and it goes from right to left. And if, if you, it, it's a little hard to tell, but it almost looks as if the person is wearing kind of a gangster suit, mm -hmm. like on the, and you see like their arm and a shoulder. And it was just kind of odd. It, it, I don't think it was lighting. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's anything like that. You know, I think this is a true entity that yeah. was captured. It was this kind of almost like a black yeah. outline a little bit. So I've been there before. It's a very sterile environment. It's very white, very bright there. Uh, so my thought would be, and maybe we should ask Bob Anderson of Bob After Dark about this because he actually worked at the Dillinger Museum. Ah. But I didn't get a chance to ask him about it. But what I would say is that there are a lot of life-size um, cutout things of Dillinger and stuff there. You know, it's a museum. You know, right. you want to see what he looked like, how tall he was, how this and that. And I'm thinking maybe there's a lot, there, there's a lot of windows there opening up to the place. So maybe light reflected from one of it on one of those life-size cutouts and it made it look like it was moving in front of the camera. Well, that's another thing, too. It's not like it was a, let's say, a cardboard cutout, like they have the Brian Urlacher cutouts or yeah. something, the life-size image, and it just kind of moved. No, it almost looks as if the arm is going from up to down, like, I did like not you're in a that. walking motion. I did not notice that. Yeah, I, th I, think, it's, I think it's pretty legit. Okay, yeah, well, I, I said eight or nine for this one. What would you say, Mondo? I'll say nine. Okay. I'm going to say one. Wow, we got him up one. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I've been to this place. I know how sterile of environment it is. I did not feel anything inside there. Um, and I know how bright the walls are, which can lead to this reflection of the light. So it just seems like it would show up more often then. That's my only And thought. maybe right. it does. Yeah. And maybe this is a publicity thing. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Maybe money. <laughs> you ever think about money, people? No, it's all real. <laughs> all right. So I think that's it, right? Yes. Unless Mondo, do you have anything to add? You have any no. spooky stories to talk about with that? Nope. All right. So we are going to move on to our closing arguments. Mm-hmm. We are we didn't do it last episode because we ran out of time. We did, we did. Now Mondo get does Mondo get to do a closing argument yes, this time? Although okay. I don't think he should because he's gonna say exactly what you said, because he is buying into everything that you said one hundred percent. She's convincing. You know, <laughs> <she's> totally. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to put exactly one minute on the clock. Okay. So just, okay. just to let you know how convincing she is, she had me convinced that the people, at the, I mean, way at the beginning of this episode and the early story, that the people yeah. that were there saw a blue mist. I was <laughs> yeah. like, whoa. That, right? That's it. You got you to question everything, man. Well, he mm. did. And then I, I did. Him. See? I, I tell the truth. See, she's convincing you again. <laughs> <laughs> she's very convincing. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start the, the clock at one minute. Rebecca, you have one minute to, to say whatever you want about this John Dillinger story uh, that we are talking about to convince people to side your way. Okay. Hashtag team skeptic. No, hashtag team believer. <laughs> okay. Well, you should argue for me because you're convincing. So, <laughs> All right, let's go. One minute. Are you ready? Yep. Go. John Dillinger's spirit haunts this earth. There are sightings in multiple places. And so some of you might think that that's not possible, that it can be in multiple places. Um, and if that's the case, then I would argue that the biograph is the primary place where his spirit is. That's where he died. That is where the most sightings are. However, I also, I actually believe that this energy, this spirit can travel um, especially with items, it can attach itself to an item of clothing, um, to something that was personal, like a gun or something like that to a person. So um, I do think it's possible that there are other places um, that people uh, will see his energy. Um, he definitely was angry. He had he had wanted revenge. He had a plan. He was going out there and committing crimes. Um, and, you know, he was upset that he got caught this last time. All right, you're done. Are right, we going to let Mondo go next? Yes. Okay. Mondo, wow. you ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this will let you know how convincing convincing she is. That was everything I was going to say. Ah! <laughs> so then just repeat it then. You have one minute to that repeat That audio, exactly, yeah. yeah. We'll see if we catch any background noise in the audio. We probably would, yeah, because it's really good technology now. <laughs> All right, Mondo, one minute on the clock. Okay. Here we go. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. And go. Well, you know, like I said, she pretty much described it. I mean, what I was thinking, he was angry. He was a very angry person, obviously. And... um. It's like he was spread out across anywhere that he's been. And if you hear, like most ghost hunters will say, something like that, that anger that somebody could have could, you know, leave impressions on places. And I think that's what it is. I think that's why it is possible for him to hunt multiple places. And I don't normally say that, um, And but I could I could easily see or him being in different locations, even though, yes, he was killed here, but he was imprisoned there. He was imprisoned in other places. So that's uh, why I say I pretty much agreed with everything she said. All right, you done? I'm done. Okay. He doesn't Some need a whole minute. Someone <laughs> want to time me? Yes. All I'm, right. I'm timing you. Don't worry about that. Yes. Make All sure. Right. Hashtag team skeptic. Yeah. You ready? Yes. Okay. And... Fake news. It's all fake news. That's all that it ever has been. John Dillinger was one of the most famous criminals of all times, especially in the Midwest. We are obsessed with him just as much as I am obsessed with him. I want you to do me a favor before you cast your vote. I want you to Google any star that has passed away. 
like Heath Ledger. I want you to Google it. And then after his name, I want you to put ghost. See how many ghost stories you come up with. See how many ghost stories you come up with any famous person's name with ghost after it. Every single famous person has a ghost story. This is just one of them. This is this is just that people can't let go of this idea and they're obsessed with him just as much as I'm obsessed with him. I believe that you need to think about the possibility that it's all fake. You went just over, but I'll let it go. I don't think I went over. Did I go over? That last word that you said. It was in the middle of saying it. <laughs> all right, so take away fake. So you didn't hear it's, fake. We just heard it's all. That's it, yeah. And it's left to your man. <laughs> hey, that might actually help me. The one episode I didn't debate, hashtag Team Skeptic won by a landslide. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so. We made it. That is our show. Sorry, it's a little bit longer than our typical show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, remember that we will be at Elgin Fringe Fest on Saturday, September 14th at 6 p.m. at the Blue Box Cafe, Woohoo! And which oh, is Elgin, Illinois. Elgin, Illinois. And should we say who's... You mentioned Bob After Dark. Should we say who else is going to be there? Yeah, why don't you say? Yeah, my brother. Who's your brother? My brother, Michael Rivers, is going to be there. He's the one that plays our amazing, amazing theme song, uh, intro song, and outro. song outro, and our song before... The, the commercial commercials breaks. and everything and he's going to come and play some of that stuff live for us live. awesome yeah live and in person yes very exciting because you could live skype it or something but no he's coming all the way from appleton wisconsin to play in this yes that is amazing yeah he's really driving exciting. three and a half four hours each way to play music and his address it no, <laughs> <laughs> all right but, so Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I do think you guys have like the coolest intro. And I think outro. so too. And that yeah. it's a, it's the, as soon as I hit play on the podcast when I'm listening, it's like warming up to the Twilight Zone or right. getting yeah. ready for something exciting. Uh, you know, it's just good. so good. Oh, thank you. Someone else said that last night too. So, so it's we, very exciting. At this point, we're going to play Mondo's 30 seconds of a song. What's the song called? Nothing. It's called Nothing. Yeah. That's a beautiful title. <laughs> It's not right. called fake. It's not called fake. <laughs> it's called nothing. So here you go. back that is awesome oh really good mondo yeah, great job i loved cool. it i loved it thank you yeah uh also is there a place people can get this song yeah um not yet but i'm working actually that that is my other band that i'm working i work yes. i have two projects going ah. one is like electronic music that basically i write and i want it to sound like every cool 80s film or you know um let's say horror film from the 80s yeah. but my other project is like Stuff that you would hear on the radio. Awesome. Did you have a Dillinger song for us? No, I don't. Oh, good. That's probably what people want because they don't want another song stuck in their head. Yeah, and actually, I, I 
I wanted to apologize to anybody what? that did have Waverly Hills stuck in their head. I'm sorry. How did it Waverly go again? <laughs> That's not the where we want to be. You could say, Dillinger, <laughs> he robbed some banks. He was taken away. <laughs> and then he escaped. Nice. Ooh, yeah. That's going to be a hit one there, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. Also, if you're looking for another way to listen to Ghostly, you can go to our Find Us page. So you would go to ghostlypodcast.com slash find us, all one word in the find us, or just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on the find us button. If you are using a mobile device, you're going to have to click on the hamburger menu up in the top first and then click on find us. We are everywhere. So if you're looking for something We're taking different- over. To use, to play with us for whatever reason, just go. Just go. Just do it. Yeah. All right, guys. Stay ghostly. Bye. Bye.